Hello everyone and welcome back to Soul Food, a podcast of conversations that are good for the soul. I am so glad to have you guys back today, this week. I hope you're doing well Um, and we're just going to jump right in. Today we're talking about the Good Samaritan. So yeah, should be a grand time. (laughs) Enjoy. This past week at Lee has been Convocation Week, which is um, basically a week of spiritual revival, renewal, where we have a chapel service um, every evening, Sunday through Wednesday. And one of the speakers spoke on the parable of the Good Samaritan, and it was really good. And so I want to read that story to you and just share some of what he said that stuck out to me and also just my own thoughts Um, because it's just stuck with me throughout the past couple of days and something I've been thinking about a lot. And so let's read the story of the Good Samaritan. So this is in Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 25. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, him being Jesus, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Hmm. I'm sure you've heard this story before because I know I've heard this story a lot of times. But I think this past time of hearing it, it's kind of as as if I was hearing it for the first time. It just really struck me how... I don't know, something the speaker said was, I'd love ministry if it weren't for people. And I was thinking, that is just so true. Or, my relationship with God would be so easy. Being a good Christian would be so easy if it weren't for other people. Like, between me and God, I can be pretty solid, you know? I can come to Him, we can do our thing, it's a really nice time, and I'm enjoying just being with Him. 
um, and reading the word and learning more and growing and reflecting and worshiping. And then I can leave those moments and treat someone poorly. And this has just been really unsettling to me, seeing this in myself. How can I come before God? How can I genuinely have met with God and know God and not show love to my neighbor? And in First John, it says you can't, like those things just don't add up. And what distinguishes the Samaritan? I love verse 33. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. The Samaritan intentionally went to the person needed him. He came to where he was. Whereas the priest and the Levite passed by on the other side, they remained distant from the situation. I can find myself doing that. I think it's really easy to do that because it feels like if we're distant from it, then it's not our responsibility. That person's not our responsibility if we just keep going. And we can choose to do that. I'm sure you've had moments where you're just exhausted and the day has just been a day and you can tell someone is like talking to you and just needs to talk or um and needs like more than what you're giving them (laughs) and you're just trying to get through the conversation but you can tell like they just need you to stop and hear them and talk with them and be with them but that's just more than you're willing to give in the moment and so what do you do You give those social cues that you are exiting the scene and it's like, okay, it's fine because I don't have responsibility because I technically never knew. Like they didn't say that anything was wrong, but you knew. And I think I find myself doing that where I can take so much pride in growing in my knowledge of God But I'm realizing more and more that that knowledge is worthless if it is not equally matched by a heart growing in compassion. The Samaritan was distinguished not only by coming to where that man was who had a need, but then by having compassion on him and being moved by compassion. And that is what it is to be a neighbor, the one who showed him mercy. In what ways have we allowed ourselves in our religious activity to become so desensitized so that we no longer see the hurting and the broken and we no longer feel anything towards it? This Samaritan was moved by compassion to meet the needs of the man who was just broken and in bad shape and hurting and needed someone. He just needed someone. 
And it's funny because the priest and the Levite, they're supposed to be the religious people, right? And how many people, I don't know if you know anyone like this, I feel like we all do, where you know someone who says they're a Christian um, and seems to be in terms of like what they practice and their spiritual disciplines, but then they just treat people like dirt. And you're like, how is, how, how? This just doesn't add up. And then you know that one person who's not a Christian, does not believe in God, and will like outrightly tell you that, but they're just the nicest person. They are just so kind, so giving, so generous. They would do, they would drop everything to help you and to be there for you. And it's like, how is that? And I think that's kind of what the story is saying is Jesus is challenging us. Is asking us how how often we can allow our efforts to walk faithfully as a Christian to distract us from the mission of God. And I think this is a whole mindset shift that Jesus came to abolish legalism. He came so we don't have to follow certain steps to be with him. We're saved by grace, it says in Ephesians 2. We're saved by grace, not by our works. And yet it says right after that in Ephesians, but then that God has predestined good works for us to do. So how does that add up? And I think it's doing those good works, but no longer to earn our salvation, no longer to earn better standing with God. And how would that shift the way we saw people and met them and cared for them if it was no longer about and just reorienting our priorities towards being a good neighbor? Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there, and so is Jesus, and so should you be. That was so bad. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Um, yeah. When asked, asking Jesus, the lawyer says, but who's my neighbor? And Jesus says, anyone on your path is your neighbor. Sometimes I can meet with God in the morning one-on-one and I have such a good time with him, like I said before. And then I leave that moment and it's like I'm just trying to hold on to God. And other people in my mind, it's like they're pulling me down. They're pulling me away from God. I just need to try to keep getting back to God, getting away to be with God, getting my mind on God and just kind of getting through everything else and just, you know, just trying to get back, get back to God. And what if instead we realized that maybe God is giving us invitations to meet with him again and again and to remind us of his presence being with us again and again through each encounter we have throughout our day. Because each person is bearing the image of God and is an opportunity 
to meet with God, we can encounter Jesus not just in church, not just when we read the Bible, not just in our religious activity. But what if we strive to meet with Jesus in our classes, at work, and not praying and leading a Bible study at work? If you do that, that's great. You should do that. But, you know, not that. But in talking to your coworker, you can tell is hurting and struggling and just needs someone when really you have a lot of other things to do and you would rather do those things. Or to be patient with that person who is bo- who is kind of annoying to you and you don't love. You wouldn't choose to have them as your neighbor, but God put them in your path so they are your neighbor. And they are your family. We are called to love them. We are called to have compassion. One of my professors pointed out the verse, Jesus wept. Um, If you know the context, that is when Jesus comes and after Lazarus has died. And he pointed out, a lot of times we make it sound like Jesus wept in response to Lazarus being dead. But actually, when you read it carefully you realize Jesus, he already knew Lazarus was dead. And he already knew he was going to resurrect him. So that wouldn't really make sense. Like, why would he weep about over the dead when he already knew he was dead before even getting there? And he knew he was going to resurrect him. Jesus wept in response to seeing the other people weeping. He was vulnerable to them, to their pain. He allowed their brokenness to make him broken. He allowed their weeping to affect him to the point of him weeping and feeling what they were feeling. This is compassion. And so my prayer is that we would not view other people as distracting us, from being with God, but we would remember that we have an opportunity to meet with God when we meet with the hurting and the broken. I forget the reference to the verse, um, so my apologies for that, but where it talks about whenever you gave someone a cold drink in my name, Whenever you met the prisoner, whenever you clothed the naked, all these things, you were doing it for me. Jesus wants to change how we view godly living altogether, how we view living out Christianity. Because if we are too busy for our neighbor because we have our Bible study and our church service and all these things that we just can't, then something's off. (laughs) Whoever's on your path, we're called to show compassion and mercy. We're not to be people who just know about God in our heads and can show love in word and in speech, but then we don't show it in deed. 
we don't actually live out love. So God, give us eyes to see. Give us eyes to see the hurting and give us hearts of compassion so that we care enough to do something about it when we do see it. Help us draw near to the broken when we see it, God, and move us in compassion by your spirit. Make us vulnerable to the hurting. Make us emotionally vulnerable to them to take on their hurt, their sorrow, their pain as our own. God, help us love people. We love you, God, and we thank you that Jesus was the perfect example of this for us. And that Jesus is not the Levite or the priest, that he doesn't mind being associated with us in our pain, and he doesn't look the other way. When he sees us hurting, he comes to us. And he will weep when we weep. He is moved by our pain. God, thank you. Help us be moved by the pain of others. Jesus name. Amen.